0: I try and do as much outdoor stuff, like up and down hills and hacking, and and just so you're getting a, you're getting more of a feel for the horse rather than because all these guys can 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 jump major grand prix and and they're doing it every single week. So for me to try and train differently um, and come out and still compete at that that same same level as. Uh, is the main goal for me is to keep it so personal with the horse and then in the very end hopefully i'm a little closer to my horse than they are and that's the only advantage i can take on them Mm -hmm.
1: welcome to the practical horseman podcast featuring conversations with respected riders industry leaders and horse care experts the show is co-hosted by practical horseman editors and our goal is to inform educate and inspire I'm Sandy O'Linick, and this week's episode is with Irish Grand Prix rider Daniel Coyle. Daniel and I spoke at the Washington International Horse Show in Maryland in late October. For the interview, we sat at a picnic table just outside the FEI stabling area. Our interview was shortly before Daniel competed in the $406,000 President's Cup Grand Prix Saturday night. Daniel and Ariel Grange's legacy placed eighth in the class a qualifier for the 2023 Longines FEI Jumping World Cup Final in Omaha, Nebraska. Earlier in the week, Daniel and Legacy, a 12-year-old Zanger mare, kicked off the competition, winning the $75,000 welcome stake. The next night, Daniel and Ariel's Oak Grove's Carlisle tied for the win in the $25,000 Defender Puissance, clearing the wall at a height of 6 feet 10 inches. During our conversation, Daniel speaks about his partnerships with Legacy and Carlisle. One part I found particularly interesting was how, when he started riding legs four years ago, she was trained in the more controlled European style of riding. Daniel talks about how that differs from the North American style of more forward riding and how these days top riders need to know how to do both. Another part that was fun was talking about Carlisle who'd been ridden by two Olympians before Daniel started to ride the Holsteiner gelding. Daniel talks about how he determined early in their partnership that Carlisle loves to go in the competition ring and be left alone. So basically, Daniel has to work at doing nothing riding in the show ring. And that includes jumping the six foot, 10 inch puissance wall. I just really like that Daniel was so open to adapting to Carlisle's needs. For a little more on Daniel's background, he grew up in Ireland with his father training him and Jordan. Daniel says the competitiveness between the brothers only made them better growing up and now in competition. Daniel represents the Irish team, but for the last six years, he has ridden Ariel Grange's Lorien Farm in Cheltenham, Ontario. He and Legs represented Ireland in the FEI World Championships this summer, where the team placed fourth. Earlier this year in Florida, they won the $500,000 Great American Grand Prix and finished second in the $216,200 Live Oak CSIW Grand Prix. They also placed in the top 10 at the 2021 European Championship. Daniel and Carlisle won the Longines Grand Prix of Rotterdam CSI 5 Star in the Netherlands last June, and a CSI 5 Star Speed Class in the Netherlands in July. Before getting into our conversation, I'd like to share a message from this episode's sponsor, VitaFlex Pro, which also sponsored Practical Horseman's coverage of the Washington International Horse Show. In competition. There's a fine line between where you were yesterday, where you are today, and where you'll be tomorrow. It's the line we push ourselves to chase and cross. VitaFlex Pro can help you get there. VitaFlex Pro's equine nutritionists, veterinarians, and scientists are dedicated to developing the best supplements you can give your performance horse. That's their fine line. What's yours? For more information, visit VitaFlex.com. Now, let's jump into our conversation with Daniel, where he starts by talking about how his partnership with Legacy started. Well, thank you, Daniel, for joining me. Um, so you've had a good competition so far at this show.
0: Yes. Yeah, I've had a, a good start to the week. We have one more big class to go, but things are going well so far.
1: Great, great one. Well, congratulations so far. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, you won the 75,000 FBI welcome stake on Legacy on Thursday night. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, that partnership, how it started, and how it's developed over the years?
0: Yeah, we actually were in Wellington, Florida, and um, We were on the lookout for a championship horse, me and obviously Ariel Green, she owns the horse. Um, And Jerome Dugaldam had been helping me a little bit, and he has won every major possible. So uh, after probably a year or maybe even a year and a half, he said, I think I know where there's a championship horse. And uh, I told Ariel, and then one week later, we went and tried what now is Legacy. She used to be called Shevintel uh, when Ariel bought her, but um, Ariel's mom had passed away. So, and she, was, she owned the farm, ran the farm, and Ariel sort of took it over. So it's why her name was, was changed to Legacy, because that was the legacy Ariel wanted to for herself. And that is now the horse.
1: That's sweet. That's yeah. scary um can you talk about um i guess what what she was like when you started riding her
0: she was um obviously she was grown up in europe so everything was a little more backward a little slower um because europeans are very strict about every every stride and every distance it's a little bit different to north america let's say so the first year it was really um really getting to know her she was still eight so she hadn't really jumped uh, that many big courses i took her straight to spruce meadows and um it took four or five weeks before she got up to speed there she was always jumping too high or not jumping high enough, and not getting the inside the time allowed and all things a young horse does so um and the nice thing about that is the both of us grew together then so uh we became a real good partnership
1: what would you say like her strengths are in terms of riding and competing
0: she is she has everything that you want and uh um, basically an all-round horse for a championship or a grand prix she's quite quick in the jump offs which is important nowadays and also for the first round for the time allowed she has a lot of scope and she is very 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 careful and sometimes that can nearly be a weakness to her because she is so careful um so I have to manage that to the the best I can to make her not overachieve and also not underachieve. Um, so she has she has lots of strengths when you put them all together.
1: Um, is there anything you work on like training wise? Do you have a go to exercise with her or something that she
0: needs help with? I have a few different training exercises. Um, I, I I do one with uh, cavalletti where I can build them all in circles and then intertwine them all. So that the horse is basically jumping around in circles, but never in the same circle. and So that they're building muscle everywhere. Obviously, a horse has to be very uh, well experienced to do it. Um, I I believe there is a few videos on my Instagram or or on YouTube of it. And um, yeah, you need a very experienced horse to do it. The problem is with these experienced horses, we need to keep them thinking and keep them doing something new so that they don't just get fed up with the sport so i always try and make it interesting and um, a lot of outside time basically like at home or in florida Um try and do as much outside of the arena as possible and then obviously if there's anything we need to touch up in the arena we do that as well but um, try and keep out like on trails and try and stay away from the from the dressage side of it if you like more flat work rather than dressage for me Mm
1: -hmm. and you you mentioned um you know that when you first got her she was sort of more the european style of of backwards so how um just thinking about your background are you more of like forward riding
0: i think i think think, um all jockeys everywhere in the world is something we grow up with um whether it's north america or europe There's two very different styles of riding. And uh, the key to to success is to be able to do both and um, switch at any given time because you need all the keys to to beat Mm -hmm. all these guys. It's not easy, so you need to be able to do it all. Mm
1: -hmm. Interesting. So you can go back and forth? Well, yeah, yeah, that's
0: the idea that you can... When you're in Europe, things slow down a little bit as regards of time allowed. Jumps are a little more technical, uh north america jumps are a little bigger and you go a little faster and that's just how it is um not always not everywhere but it's something you got to be able to do both
1: um so you uh competed in the world championships this past summer with legacy um i guess what did that mean to you you know to qualify and
0: um it was a huge deal to, to go to any championship I actually was top 10 at the European Championships the year before and um, was a little bit upset because I, I was close to a medal and I had a rail down and, and it was my fault and I thought I really want to go back to the championship and, and, and fix that and try and win a medal. So um, we got to, got to the World Championships and our Main goal was to qualify for the Olympics as a team. And um, so not, not so much individual this time, but really, really about qualifying for the Olympics. So uh, somehow <laughs> I ended up uh, being last to go, which is always a lot of pressure in every round. Yeah. And every round I, I, I did, there was a lot of pressure on me. And like I say, and thankfully, doing the first championship, and then going to the second one, um, we were well able to keep uh, cope with it all. So, uh, yeah, we didn't win any medals. We were fourth. We qualified for the Olympics. And with so much pressure every single day, she had two down in the individual and I retired because she doesn't owe me anything for that individual day. I just thought we have achieved enough now and we can achieve no more. We'll go to the next one.
1: Yeah. Do yeah. um, you get nervous for that type of competition, Yeah, I or? think
0: I think it's um, uh, it's important. If you don't get nervous, it's it's something uh, something everybody should embrace. And, and rather than get nervous, you get focused. But it's still nerve, so you have to deal with it and overcome it and make it part of it because uh, it, it's it's not good if it's not there either.
1: Yeah, um, and then you also won the five hundred thousand Great American Grand Prix earlier this year in Ocala with her. Um, what was that like?
0: That was an interesting one, actually, because I wasn't supposed to go to that. Um, My brother, Jordan, had said, you know, in in Florida, there's lots of shows and lots of classes every single week. And um, I wasn't sure what I was going to do for the next month to set up for the 500 at the end of uh, the WEF in Wellington. And um, he had said to me, maybe you should do the the 500 Nokala and so then I went to Ariel and says maybe we should do this it's a lot of money um, it's, it's a different course obviously and it's a different uh, setup. but it worked great um, it worked brilliant she jumped phenomenal there obviously won and then um, the following week actually was the, the 500 in, in Wellington and she had a fence down in the jump off or she would have won that as well so it was a, it was a good plan and I'll do it again I'll say
1: <laughs> yeah Um, I guess health wise with her, do you do anything special to keep her happy and healthy?
0: Uh, there's, uh, there's two, two different kinds of people in in the, in the show industry way. And, um, some horses like to care for themselves if you like, as in you look after them the best of your ability, but how much time do you have the vet looking at them? How much time do you spend trotting them and assessing them yourself? and um, i have several that that i treat differently she is one that has done all the huge things for me so i'm always having a vet um looking at her and i'm always having her looked at the day before show the night before um and the days after even for the next few weeks so not there's nothing nothing stands out but if there's anything she needs uh we will get it to her. Mm-hmm. Okay. um and then you
1: talked uh, a little bit the other night at personality wise back at the barn she is the boss she's a boss the boss yeah uh, yeah
0: i think from a young age uh, even in the warm-up sometimes she's she she's not just 100 uh, 100 about all her horses you know she the ones she travels with most um, they become her friends obviously but uh, she she likes to be in control of everything so even when a horse passes her in the warm-up she's not a she's not a big fan of it but for sure she thinks she's the boss or maybe maybe she is <laughs>
1: <laughs> and does she have a nickname?
0: Legs. Legs. <laughs> That's the nickname.
1: Um and then moving on a little bit to Oak Grows Carlisle. Yeah. Um, so you tied last night uh, the the defender of puissance Um I guess what, what's it like to gallop to such a big jump?
0: That was an interesting ride for me last night as well, actually, because he I I don't have him that long actually, maybe it must be maybe two years now, but um, he has done a lot on his career already before he got to me and um, I'm finding out every single day a little bit more about him but he he doesn't like to be pushed too much as in if you want him to go fast, he has to think he's not going fast. It's a strange horse that way. So he hasn't been going great this last few weeks. He he won the Rotterdam Five Star Grand Prix and he's been placed in a whole of the classes this year. But since he got back, he wasn't um, he wasn't interested. So last night, every time I was riding down to the wall, um, had to try and uh, hold my nerve, I suppose, and not kick and just stay out of his way and. and we jumped it better and better every round, and uh, that, was the, that was the outcome I was hoping for, so I'm delighted with Alex.
1: Yeah. Um, why do you like competing in, because you, you said you won the Dublin uh, Reefance last year?
0: Yeah, um, this year I jumped it, and I can't remember, was Dublin maybe was cancelled last year, because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the last year it was on, I won it on, on a different horse. but. I um they're are great classes for a rider because if one round you get a little deep or you're a little far off you get another and you get another go if you clear it still so um doesn't matter what stride you're on you still have to try and clear it but um, it gives you it's a wee bit of repetitiveness to it and in show jumping that's something that really helps horse and rider if you can be really repetitive then you can be really consistent so I like it
1: mm-hmm. great. and um uh. Yeah. Can you talk about your partnership with Kyle Island? Just how how it started, to it of-
0: Yeah. I, I, in the beginning, um, it took me our first class together. Actually, was a was a five star Grand Prix. so that was a uh, big ass. Right but, in. Yeah, jump <laughs> right in. But uh, Jerome Doubledam had rode him before, and Ralph Barn at the top level already. So I knew he was well capable of doing it. And I just had to. Let him know that so was I, but try and stay out of his way as, as much as possible. And from training, that is something um, I, I don't think I'll ever have another horse that I've had to train like him, which basically is allowing him to do everything himself. He changes leads good. He knows where he's going. It's just don't do too much. And it's one of the hardest things for any jockey, and I'm sure they'll, they'll all agree with that, is to do nothing. And to ride that horse correctly, that's what you, exactly what you got to do.
1: Oh, wow. How, um, how, long, how did you figure that out?
0: I, I, you know, I asked everyone rather than the five star. Um, they asked me in the press conference, he says, how, how do you make this horse better than he went for Jerome or for Ralph? Like What, makes, what, what have you done differently? And uh, I well, I just figured if you guys can't get him to go any better by asking him, then maybe just maybe i should try not asking him and uh, for sure it's 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 daunting but um he loves it and uh, he goes best that way so it's not that i write any better than them it's just i've learned from watching them do it and um yeah he he loves to go that way so just keep trying to make it that way
1: um, I guess with him in terms of training how do you train a horse like that or does he have any challenges that you work on it's
0: still, it's still you have to tell yourself you still have to train him he still has to be fit and still has to be able to do all the all the things like changing legs or even cross cantering or doing any of those things he still has to be able to do them all it's just when he gets to the ring to the point where you need him to be his best that's the part where you step away and leave it to him um at home it's still very strict he still has to do all the same things every other horse does it's not that you take it all away it's just when you go come to the point where you need him at his best stay out of his way so everything else is just um just protocol same thing same work same work as everything else and then get to the ring and, and, and change
1: mm-hmm. um and then how about him health wise any anything that you do to keep him
0: he is um he is for sure the soundest horse I've had. Uh, Touchwood, uh, he's fifteen years old now, and um, he's, he's as as regards as the vet and stuff. They they're always looking at him and saying, you know, well, we, we don't see anything. He's very healthy. Um, great, keep going. And uh, so again, it's a little uh, bit daunting where you're like, are you sure he doesn't need? Uh, he has enough energy and do they need to do more work with him, less work with him? and 90 percent of the time it's just keep doing what you're doing and stay out of his way and he, he's gonna he's gonna come through and it has worked so it's so very different to legacy i'm, I'm always uh and then she's a mare obviously so she is obviously more complications than a gelding but um yeah, yeah just trying to make it all run smoothly yeah
1: mm-hmm and let's see, like personality wise
0: very 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 laid, laid back um, and my two daughters actually are, can get on in front of me and go around on him and he's he's very very sweet horse uh, you could put a kid on him uh, you could let them lead him about he's very very he's like uh, very switched off and very laid back to everything and then he goes in the ring and becomes a different animal but at, at home he's very very trustworthy and, and uh, is a friendly giant
1: um so now i um, talking about yourself how did you get interested in riding
0: uh, i grew up with it um my father rode a little bit at home nationally and um, then he started training us from very young age on ponies me and jordan so uh, we grew up doing it, and becoming competitive against one another was uh, probably what made us better, if you like, and uh, pushed us every day rather than just on show days. Uh, if we were jumping a horse at home; we were always um, trying to jump it better than each other, and, and through all that, we've helped each other a lot. I'm sure. So it's just been in the family, in the blood, however you wanna put it. I don't, I don't actually really know, but. Uh, that's, that's how I got into it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and you, Jordan, you're still competitive?
0: Oh, yeah. Very, <laughs> very, very, very. We're, we're, we're brothers, and that's and, and, uh, great. But when the helmet goes on, we're no longer brothers. It's just another competitor. And, and we give each other lots of advice because um, my motto is, anyway, if, you can, if somebody can beat you, then they deserve to, and uh, vice versa. Not all, not all jockeys would uh, I agree with that, but if, for me, if they can do it, they can do it. So that's the way it is. Okay.
1: Um, and are there any other memorable horses or wins that you've had that, that stand out in your mind? Um,
0: I'm not sure. Actually, maybe, maybe the, the I won um, the five hundred. Was it five hundred? Maybe four fifty. Five star um international grand prix in florida on Ceta, and i wasn't uh i wasn't there very long at the time i hadn't moved over to north america that long that was probably my biggest win in the beginning before that um i'd only done a few uh fea shows in north america and actually my first grand prix win was harrisburg which was a few weeks ago three star and uh, I won leading rider that year as well. So that, that was probably where it really kicked off for me was the three star in Harrisburg a, a long time ago, now maybe well, five or six years anyway, maybe seven, I don't know.
1: A long time ago. Yeah. Um, and how did you come to work for the uh Green a Lot Laurean, yeah. Uh
0: it's a good story. Actually, I was at home and um in Ireland and I had a few owners. And one of them was an older uh, guy and he passed away and the younger lady left the sport. Uh, So it left me with not very much money, not very many horses, and it just seemed impossible. So I said to a friend at home, I said to Barry O'Connor, actually, I need to go away somewhere and uh, get get an opportunity somewhere else. And he rang me a few days later and he says, I feel like Santa Claus. I've got you a job Um, riding young horses for Connor Swale. And Connor worked for the Granges. So I went to Wellington that year and rode for Connor. um, And the last line, younger horses for them. And at the end of Florida, um, Sue Grange actually asked me would I come and ride for them. So I did. And... I'm not sure exactly the dates, but uh, it, be, it wouldn't be more than a year. Connor left, which left me was that uh, Connor wanted to travel the world and, and be number one, and he's, he's very high at the moment. He's number four or something, so uh, it was the right decision for him, but it left a huge opportunity for me, and that's how um, when he left, I got a bigger opportunity and was able to take it, so that's how I ended up. At the Granges, and they've been incredibly supportive of me in every way, and not just the horses and family and everything. So it's a it's a great partnership, and I hope it lasts.
1: Yeah, it's great. great. Um, what would you say your training philosophy is?
0: Overall uh, training, I, I I do actually a lot of a lot of riding younger horses, so that um, not always. There's is always is a big help whenever you get on a, a young horse that doesn't know anything and then you get on an older horse that knows everything that's always a, a, a big help to learning yourself and learning the horses um but as I said earlier, I try and do as much outdoor stuff like up and down hills and hacking and and just so you're getting a you getting more of a feel for the horse rather than because all these guys can 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 jump major grand prix and and they're doing it every single week so for me to try and train differently um and come out and still compete at that that same same level as uh is the main goal for me is to keep it so personal with the horse and then in the very end hopefully i'm a little closer to my horse than they are and that's the only advantage i can take on them Mm
1: -hmm. that's great. great um i guess you know similarly what what do you think makes a good horseman
0: Lots of different things makes a uh, good horseman, and there's there's lots of different ways of being good horseman. Um, knowing when to jump the right class is always a big is always a big thing from from four years old till uh, uh, the horse is retired. Knowing that they're ready to jump a little bigger and knowing they're not ready to jump a little bigger is a is a is a huge part. I also think somebody that can prepare. Um, to get to a championship and then also deliver at a championship is a, is, a, is a huge part of horsemanship because it takes so long to get prepared and qualified and selected to be on them teams. Um, anybody that has a few medals is usually a, a, an easy pick for a good horseman.
1: Um, and when you were talking about um, knowing when to put a horse up, what, what do you look for?
0: Well, I guess that's something that's something different from standing on the ground because when you're on the ground you say yeah for sure that horse can jump uh, um, a little bit bigger but when you're on the horse and it doesn't feel like it's it's comfortable or it doesn't want to do anymore then that's also a little bit uh, part of the horsemanship you gotta know when uh, it looks okay is great but uh, when it feels right this is, is better
1: and then i'm um, talking about the this horse show um, have you competed at this event before
0: i did washington last year it was in tryon but um i did it there and uh i'm sorry i never got to do it down in the city because everybody said that was a it was different again it was a, a huge venue and it was very exciting so uh i have to say i like it a whole lot better here this year than, than a tryon last year Um it's just it's more comfortable it's better for the crowd it's all a little closer so, uh, I hope it keeps running here.
1: Good. And then uh, future plans? Uh...
0: Well, I suppose the, the, the nearest thing is World Cup finals. So, uh, and I haven't done that yet. So maybe I'll try and get qualified for that this year. Great.
1: Right. Super. Well, thank you very much. No problem. That. Thanks for listening to this week's episode with Daniel Coyle. And a big thank you to the episode's sponsor, VitaFlex Pro. Learn more at vitalflex.com. You can subscribe to the Practical Horseman podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. While there, please rate and review the show. I'm Sandy Olenek, and you've been listening to the Practical Horseman podcast.